Hello and welcome to Bluebells Forever, a podcast with interviews of Bluebell dancers past and present. Join Sherry Lewis, a Bluebell herself, as she leads us on a journey through story and experience. And now here's Sherry. So Eric, as soon as we got online, it took a few of us to get our um, video going on. I just saw your name and then pops up this picture of you that looks so festive. And right next to your head is a sign that says teacher Eric. <laughs> and then there's British flags. I'm like, I'm pretty sure he's a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was a teacher of dance, not English, but for my last two years, when just before I retired, um, I could go back to graduate school free on campus and get my ASL uh, certificate. So I did that. So when I retired, I was ready to join VIP Kid, which is teaching um, English to Chinese students. And right now during this crisis, it's, it's really good for me, not necessarily for the money, but to keep me from being bored you know right so, something to uh, do where are you I, living and what and where, <laughs> that's if a, you that's can a believe it sherry i live now <laughs> in valdosta georgia everybody says where in the hell is valdosta georgia <laughs> it's it's really down at the border um in the middle of georgia on the almost the florida border yeah mm -hmm. and i was here for just three years a uh, contract that's what i thought and I turned around and it's 30 and yeah. I got to retire. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But most well, you're, of my, go ahead. Oh no. Well, I was saying you're, when we talked beforehand, I just love that you've got your academic and your dance and your choreography, like your lot, your, it seems like things were kind of running along the same time. Yeah, it I, wasn't like when again, people totally switched. Very thankful, very blessed. I had good teachers and, and good mentors. Um, I came from academics when I went to Hello Holly, Hello Hollywood, Hello. It was seven years of teaching, and then I got the itch to perform full time again. So, um, you know, I phoned friends out in LA saying, "Do you think this is possible?" And I said, "Oh yeah, yeah. You're six four, and and you know, you're the right height. You've got good training." And so, um, when I went out. Uh, in 1978, I was going to Reno High School reunion and saw the show for the first time. And I, I was enthralled by it, but I never thought I would ever audition for it. But I did. I, I left um, right after Simmerstock in August. I went out to Reno and got a private audition with Adrian. And he was so kind to me. Um, he said, I don't have any openings right now, but uh, I'll keep your card on file. And I said, well, I'm going to Vegas. I'm going to audition out there too. And he said, oh, well, they're having a cattle call. So I'll phone ahead. Now, I have never had anybody do that for me in my life. He says, I'll phone Fluff and uh, to let them know that you're coming. So of course, this audition process is in my book, uh, Dance Auditions, which I wrote just a, a few years after Hello, Hollywood, Hello. And because it was, that process was so amazing. And when I went out to Vegas, I did uh, the Lido audition. And then I did the cattle call for um, Hallelujah, 
Hollywood that was going on at that time. Ah, a few years ago. And huh. I made it through the cabin call and there were five of us left and Don Arden, bless his heart, said, I can't make a decision, come back the next day. So the boys, the other boys were kind of upset, but I was there on vacation, so I didn't care. <laughs> I, you know, yeah. I had a job in Ohio, so I could easily go back. But I came back and I walk into the showroom and there's all these dancers. And I, and I asked the five guys, I said, what's going on? He says, oh, Eric, we have to compete against the company. They're after they're recontracting. Oh, I said, oh. So I went huh. through the whole process again and Don eliminated some people again because of physique problems. And um, he- People that were already in the show? Yes. Oh, yeah. that's hard. Yeah, and, but he was, he was kind. He says, drop the weight and come back and I'll let you back in the show. But um, he lined all of us up and he, he said, okay, you all have your contracts for 13 months. And so he wanted us to go right down and sign the contract right there with him. And silly Eric, you know, I guess when you're young and, and don't have everything together, you, you find that shoes make moves that could have probably gotten me in a lot of trouble. And I said, uh, Mr. Arden, um, could you possibly transfer me to Reno because, um, you know, I grew up there and, and I like that show. He says, well, why didn't you tell me before? And, he, and I said, well, I didn't expect to get this far. And he shook his head and he said, well, you'll have to go back to Reno and audition again. And I said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you got some oh, good experience. All the yourself. other four guys looked at me like I was crazy, but I knew what I wanted. Uh, that Hallelujah Hollywood was, you know, a big show but the guys didn't dance as much as they did in Hello Hollywood. I knew that. And I didn't want to be just a pedestal, you know? So yeah. um, I went back, <laughs> I phoned Adrian and he says, Oh yes, we heard all about you. <laughs> Come in this afternoon. So I walk in and there's one other guy backstage and I can hear all this chatter in the audience. Well, what had happened, that company had just re-auditioned for another contract. And um, Adrian taught the guy and me a routine that we had to perform in front of the whole company. And um, uh, it's all in the book, but it is a fun, fun audition. And I had to do the physique evaluation <laughs> again. I knew what to do this time. And because uh, I just had a dance belt, I didn't have a G, you know. I keep hearing this story from the gentlemen that weren't prepared and what their choice of underwear that day made oh that my God. a little tricky. <laughs> so I said, yeah, I, I know what that is. So we went out in the wings and we changed and I came on and he says, okay, turn around. So the biggest problem I found, we turned around and I felt we were standing there for ever and one of the showgirls came up to me after the audition and said oh we felt so bad for you because once he told you to turn around he got a phone call and <gasps> left the room <laughs> so he left the two of us standing there i was so embarrassed oh my but gosh out of all of that there was only one opening and i got it so i was just very very thankful and uh 
That was 79.80. Yeah, that I I came in not long after you. I came in October 80. Yeah. Um, So there's so many things I want to ask about that because you wrote a book. Is your experience of that audition in your book? Because I think yes. that book we need we need to put that in the notes so people who have dancers yes, in their yes, life. I would love to let that be known with my dancers. Um, it's called. You can still get it online. I'm surprised it was done in '84, but it's it still oh. has things that are applicable. A lot of auditions now, Sherry, are done on the computer. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's bizarre. It's a lot of changes, but um, my publisher wanted me to. He liked my premise, but he wanted me to get interviews with professionals. And I said, well, I'll try. You know, I'm not sure if I can do that. I don't know a lot of celebrities. Well, again, as I told you, Sherry, networking is so important. I started with a lot of my friends who were in the business on Broadway or in Vegas. And then they would recommend me to interview some of the bigger, like I had Tommy Toon, and Jeffrey Holder and Robert Joffrey. And so my book is not only Vegas, but ballet, modern um, musical theater. And did you feel really well prepared when you auditioned? Was that coming from your schooling or what you've learned because of those auditions? Or through, because I had uh, done so many auditions for the students to be in uh, musicals, I knew the format. And um, I didn't know what physique evaluations were. Right. I don't think I've ever heard <laughs> that term. <laughs> and I said, what? <laughs> and uh, soon found out. And uh, the, uh, I explained the whole process of what went through on both the cattle call and the private call, which are two examples of types of auditions that are held. And uh, I was just so thankful I made it through all of that and didn't fall apart. A lot, of, a lot of my students just panic and I try to get them through. There's no easy way with auditions, but you learn how to control a lot of those fears to get through it. And uh, because Sherry, I wrote the book, again, that type of inter, um, networking, people would ask me to do auditions or do, um, workshops. And then I wound up in Southeastern Theater Conference, which is the largest conference in the United States that hires dancers and performers for cruise ships and musical theater uh, companies, uh, not only in the summer, but they have one in the fall. And I wound up doing that as the auditions choreographer for 18 years. Yeah. Really? So it's, it's funny, you know, like Steve, I kept telling you how I felt about Steve's interview. You know, I felt so bad for him that with the Lido, he felt he didn't have another outlet, you know, and that's why I knew networking was so important. Uh, even with the Hello Hollywood, Hello cast, you know, uh, I still keep up with a lot of them and and it's great because we not only enjoy reminiscing, but we share something very much in common that we try to instill to the audiences of today as well as our students, you know? Hmm. And, and I'm just very thankful, very, very thankful. So I have a question. If you grew up in Reno, ah! I, was, before... I, was, I was in junior high and high school in Reno. 
I came from California. I was born in South San Francisco. Again, you asked me why did I wind up in church? I have no idea. Because Reno is not a destination, I think, a lot of people. And also just hearing the conversations from people who flew from Europe to come there, but the MGM was there. But when you were in middle school, like what was Reno? All I knew was like a cowboy you know, town before Sherry, that show came in. People would also ask my family that. I said, why did you want to go to Reno? Well, my dad was in outdoor advertising. He did all those big billboards for the casinos and all that. And unfortunately, that's the way he died, too. He fell off a scaffolding in one of the oh, sorry. lines. But it was a wonderful experience for me because Reno at that time was also a very strong community. Um, businesses uh, helped out. I, I always remember the parades that we used to have for St. Patrick's Day and Pioneer Days and the casinos were as active as the high schools and the universities and marching and it, it was great. So there was a strong community beyond the casino row and I always told them that and uh, when I, it's so bizarre because when I first uh, in high school, I did a waiter's job at the Prima Donna Club. At that time, it was the Prima Donna Club. You know, those big figures in downtown Reno, those big showgirls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I worked there uh, for a couple of summers. And then it is just so weird that when I started Hello Hollywood Hello, I, you know, because I wanted to help my ex-wife out in paying rent, I took <laughs> silly Eric a second job, waiting tables, but it was no longer the Prima Donna Club. It was the Sahara, which took the place of the Prima Donna Club. Oh, okay. My yeah. memory is coming back. Yeah. Wow. So, so how I have you been doing a show? Because I just know, like, I didn't party, but I know, well, we have a couple of conversations that go around this, what yes. people assume show people are doing, but you are not going out partying. You're, if you're working in the day, but you're also yeah. young and there's this whole world of show business and people hanging out. Yeah. How did you I usually would occasionally have a drink. So I would slow myself down after being so hyper from the show and then go to bed because I had to be at the uh, casino at seven and I worked till. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> to be young. It's still like now that. Young. Like, yes. Absolutely. When you're young, it's like, oh, I'll sleep on my day off. But you oh my gosh. Really but many of the cast members too, they did crazy things like that. Um, Maggie Black, who had the ballet studio in Reno, she was always doing Nutcracker and our company members uh, were performers in that. I talked to Leslie and she was talking about that, that you could do the show and have other things in your life. I think it was, I mean, it makes life not boring at all, but also we don't need sleep, I guess, in our twenties. <laughs> I remember some controversy. Uh, some of the bosses or somebody in administration was coming down on the company. They didn't want them to perform in Maggie's Nutcracker. And there was an uproar about that. And before you knew it, that decision had been turned back because the casino didn't want a community uproar about it. Really? Yeah. Well, it's so great for the performers because if you're doing the same show night after night, your body yeah, there's no Love semblance something. of change. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And uh, there were always things to do in Reno. It was, you know, just not the casino. And, uh, you know, I spent one year at the University of Nevada as a business major and finally convinced my parents to let me become a 
theater major at the University of Utah. And I was spending all my time in the dance departments. They had two, they had a ballet department and a modern department. And uh, so after I got my BAFA, I finally got what I wanted. I, I got a dance degree. Yeah. And you had that when you came to the audition, you'd already had your dance degree? I had degree. seven years of, uh, you know, I was already ahead of a dance program in Ohio when I came to eight. Everyone turned to me and said, Professor? Professor Nielsen? <laughs> I said, oh yeah, oh yeah. But Did like, anyone see you in that role? Because it's interesting, like when people know you as professor, if they've seen you in a G-string on stage, did you have people that knew you from that life come see the show? Yes, I had a lot of uh, fellow uh, students from University of Utah come see me. And they would just laugh and said, oh, if your other teachers could see you now. I was off on the night that the principal, principal for my high school came down. And I oh. didn't know, I did, he was kind of a scary dude. And I was, when I came back from my night off, I got the message that he'd been there would be this show. I'm like, that's not who I want to have see me in a G-string <laughs> principal, even though it would have been fine. But there was oh, some, I know. Of, there's certain I know. people that it's fun to have come see. And then like when my grandparents came, it, it was wonderful. But you know, when people only yeah. see you in one light and they see you in this like yeah. altered world. Again, it was such a glamorous motif that, that I felt the nudity was secondary. I remember one of the principals coming up to me crying because she said, my parents are here. And it was the first time she was going to be seeing topless. She, yeah. she was doing the space trio. Yes, oh my gosh. Yeah, with Liz. Which was so beautiful. Uh, gorgeous, gorgeous. And uh, after parents, I asked her, and she said, it was fine. It was fine. Uh, yeah, because I think we were talking about too, when people um, don't know what that what the shows are like, and they're assuming stripper, or they don't know what to think. You're like in some dingy kind of bar, and then they see the show. And I've heard yeah. people say, I saw half the show before I realized they were topless. Because when my parents came, my dad watched it with like his hands over his <laughs> eye, kind of watching. I'm like, this is so oh my gosh. But they loved it, but they had a really hard time. When my, yeah, I remember my them, mom saying, I asked her about what she thought of me in a G Street. She said, Oh, you have a cute butt. That, oh. <laughs> that was it. Thanks, mom. <laughs> I said, Thanks, mom. But I have had to correct, uh, I have a lot of high school alum that would come to me and, and make those comments, and I would really correct them. I said, you do realize that that illusion that you see on stage is not the reality of it. Those, a lot of those showgirls I used to help uh, study, they were going to the University of Nevada getting a degree. And if you think those girls come backstage and flaunt their nudity, you're wrong. When they come off, they wrap up immediately. Put your robe on. Yeah. Uh, so please back off on that because that is very unfair and untrue. It's, yeah. Oh, that's really sweet to have that kind of a champion well, you do, because, because it's misinformation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But again, Miss Bluebell also um, made that statement that her ladies were elegant ladies. And I, I don't know if I talked to you about that when, uh, oh, the bosses were going to, they wanted the Bluebells available after the show. <laughs> And uh, Miss Bluebell said, absolutely not. My girls don't do that. And if you insist, I will take the girls back and we will not open the show. Yeah. 
So I think I heard she set a precedent for Vegas by doing that because other shows were like, well, oh, yeah. they don't have to do that. We don't have to do that. Yep, yep, you know it. So I was very, very thankful. But frankly, sure, I didn't know what, what Kelly Boy was for a long time. <laughs> so I was very yeah. thankful I did. Yeah, yeah. Was the show like a surprise? Because you come in and you've been doing musical theater, but you see this giant show. Was it something like, oh, I can do that style? Do you feel like, oh, I've got this? Um, or was it pretty different? It, it had such a conglomeration of tap and jazz and uh, ballet that it was right up my alley. Um, you know, I was very thankful they had so many genres. And again, that was a decision I made in not being in Hello, uh, Hallelujah Hollywood. You know, I knew I would be challenged more with the various genres that were given. So yeah, I was very thankful. Um, I was trying to think of something else. Of course, Steve had this problem too. I always blank. As I get older now, I always blank on certain things. Um, but the, uh, the experience, you know, it'll never be the same. I really consider it the golden years of show dancing. And I'm <clears throat> writing another book about uh, show people and how they inspired me. And um, it needs to be told because it was not only a special time, but it was people had a, a creative vision during that time and, and did a lot of things. And as I told you before, as I was leaving uh, the university to retire, um, the dance student of today is very different. And they want immediate gratification and they want it now. If they can't have it now, they don't want it. And, um, and the attitude, you know, as I said at the University of Utah, it was always, yes, sir, no, sir, how high would you like me to jump when I was in class? And, and to see students get in faces of the other teachers, it, it's awful. Yeah. Um, you know, I had a hard time recruiting teachers in dance uh, because they would see other students, how they handled their teachers. And they said, Mr. Nielsen, I don't want to be handled that way. And I said, well, there are many students who aren't that way, and there are many benefits of being a teacher. I was very blessed. Yeah. I, I remember talking to Kelly. He, uh, I bumped into Kelly. He was in the show, and he became an architect in New York City. And um, I said, Kelly, didn't you ever want to go back to the show after leaving? He says, Eric, once I left, I never wanted to come back, turn around. And yeah. I always felt that was kind of sad because I love the art so much. And I was afraid that if I turned my back on it, I would not enjoy the arts anymore, but that's untrue, you know? And um, I've had a very full life of uh, choreographing and directing and performing when I wanted to. And <laughs> I've been asked again to perform in Nutcracker. So I have my foot in the door occasionally, but, um, I don't feel I have to do that now. Yeah. And uh, sometimes people negate the arts because they feel since they're no longer a part of it, they need to just move away. I, I think that's unfortunate. Yeah, I've been hearing all those different parts of that too. Like some people say it's painful to see it if you can't do it anymore. Yes, some say it, it inspires is. it. And it's a little, I think a little bit of both, but it's also just depending on how you left. 
Did yeah. you, um, cause some people live for the stage, but like you were saying earlier, you love choreographing when you were doing the show, were you one of those people that just live for being on stage or was it just like, I'm doing this, this is great, but it's not everything. I loved doing the show. Yeah. I loved doing hello, Hollywood. Hello. I was very proud of the show. I was up for it every night and uh, the glamour of being in those numbers with the sets and the costumes and huge audiences and sharing when we were performing, we were performing to full audiences six nights a week. I think yeah, those early days, I know they cut back the audience. Oh boy, they have they? Yeah. So we, we can jump ahead to the reunion because I saw you, I had my, my hip replacement two weeks before. <laughs> yes. I had some painkillers in me and a walker and very strong <laughs> Good, but I had a really pretty job. dress on. Um, <laughs> but I just remember, um, oh my gosh, my brain totally just stopped. Oh, we, they did the Hello the Hello Hollywood Hello Day that Reno awarded the show. There was a plaque and everything. And I don't, I think there was numbers on there that I had no idea that the, the show held 3,000 people in the audience. And that's, there was two shows a night. So most of the time they were full. That's 6,000 people a night yes. the show. That's, yeah, cra Sherry. that's crazy. And every and when night- I put when I talk to people who are older and around my age, they still remember it. I mean, a lot of people have seen that show. And um, sure, you would have been disappointed though if you went to the brunch because, uh, I mean, it's a beautiful theater, but the tables are all gone. It's, there's no- Yeah, I've seen their pictures of it. Yeah, and it's kind of sad going backstage, but uh, you hold on to those wonderful memories and you see it as it was. and and to see your friends up there, that was so great. And like I said, with the 25th, I thought that, I think it was the 25th reunion. Um, I have never seen such a, a massive organization pull out all the stops to do that reunion. And when we came into that showroom and we were thinking we we're eating at the tables of what the audience usually does, and then the lights going down and the, the curtain going up and the plane coming down with an, uh, That's gonna be chills. new generation of kids on the, on the wings. It, it gave you chills, you know, and the, and the company went absolutely crazy. And then as that plane moved upstage, the elevators came up and all these tables and the buffet with the chefs were all there and ready to entertain us on stage. So we just moved to the stage space. So the, sta the show wasn't still going because it only ran for 11. So all the stuff was still there, the elevators and all were still- The elevators, because uh, you know, the showroom hadn't been renovated. So they were doing shows that still use the elevators. The plane was definitely still there. Um, I think, the, yeah, the ballroom sequence was in the backstage. Yeah. So that was fun. That was a lot of fun. And the one we just went to was the 40th. It was the 40th one. Yes. This in yes. August because Can like we both that? aged so beautifully. But I didn't get to do the brunch on stage, so I had to leave. But I just it was just seeing everyone. Even just the hotels changed so much. So like trying to get my bearing. Like this used to be here, but then some things were the same. But what I really I just really wanted to just go walk backstage and like you said it'd yeah. be disappointing to see that the dressing rooms weren't the same, but. Yeah. My memories on stage, I think my memories are more focused when I think of the backstage. I can picture where everything was, 
or on stage is just like this massive <laughs> blur of what that memory is, well, of what it was like on that Greg, giant stage. Greg was still there and he had a lot of the techies take us to the lighting booth again and to the, you know, the, um, the balconies in the backstage where they uh, controlled a lot of the action and it was, it was great. It was and a lot of people look good, really good. I was really upset that Adrian wasn't there. And, um, you know, so, and, you know, we had a memorial board too of a lot of our people have passed away and a lot of my friends in the show have, when I was in the show, AIDS was just coming into view. Right. We were, I just saying, did an interview that uh, hasn't come out yet, that he was in Lido in Paris, in Paris of just that era. Like we were just starting to find out about yes. it. I did other shows after and it was so sad and scary. And people said yeah. we were going to funerals all the time. Yeah. I remember a lot of the showboys backstage saying, what, what's this AIDS thing they're talking about? Oh, this is heartbreaking. At the time we, we didn't know a lot, but we sure yeah. did later on. And, uh, but like I, I say, it's, it was a great time um, when I left. Uh, <laughs> another great story. Uh, I, there's a lot of stories I have in the book about things that happened and didn't happen. Um, talking about a generation that doesn't, well, this was still, this was 1980s. Uh, the boys, there were quite a few boys that took over for us. So um, those of us who were leaving, uh, Adrian uh, and Jillian allowed us to sit and watch, uh, it was actual performance. And um, so the top hat number, you know how quick a change that is from the opening to your tux. Now, when I learned the show, I was always in the wings learning what was going on backstage as well as knowing the choreography on stage. These kids, a lot of them did not. So I'm watching the cast come over the staircase and I'm saying, where are the guys? Where, where are the guys? And all of a sudden you see a lot of the guys running from the wings, still putting their gloves on. Oh no and running to their positions. <laughs> and so <laughs> I could see Adrian just frying. And he, he turns to me and he says, we're having a rehearsal tomorrow. <laughs> I said, Ooh, I'm glad I'm not gonna be there. <laughs> so that but was again, the, new guy, the new guys that were- The new boys, the yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh, they, they, they always the thought, horror of horrors. Oh yeah, they think, well, it's just a bunch of dancing. The dressers will take care of us. No way. It's just as choreographed off stage as it is on stage. Oh my gosh. I remember being put into the show, like watching who your person you're replacing, where they go and you're figuring out where you go off in the wings, how not to get run over by a set. Absolutely. Where your, where your quick changes. Like there's so much more than just the dance, especially when you're first going, it just feels like just I always say just just don't die don't kill anybody and don't die and that's a really great first show if you did that <laughs> oh yeah and really uh Sherry as big of a show that is uh, it was with the pyrotechnics you know we could have had lots of accidents I will yeah. never forget Timmy falling in the water trough um he slipped during the um the, the top head uh oh, that's right. number 
the alien yes. the waterfall. And I think the waterfall was just finishing and he slipped and fell in. So I ran to the uh, trough and, and I saw him against the wall. He looked like a drowned bird with, you know, the feathers oh. slapped oh to his body. And I said, Timmy, are you okay? He said, he just waved me on. I'm okay. Go, go. And you're still dancing in character? Were you in one yeah, of the Yeah, I was trying to say characters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> there were so many great stories. I, again, with the, um, the alien sequence, um, Liz and some of the principals came running off stage, really upset. And some of them were in tears. And, and I said, what's going on? And she says, oh, there's a table down in the front that are saying really awful things to us while we're dancing and the guys, we just looked at each other. We didn't say anything and we knew what we were gonna do. <laughs> so it was the entrance again for us with our big bones, you know, and we were in all the same masks, the same costumes. So it was very hard to tell who was who. <laughs> so we have a running sequence around where we're scaring the audience with their stabs. And um, I, to this day, still don't know who it was. I, it was the guy behind me. Uh, he was able to get all the champagne glasses, the bucket, everything in their laps. <gasps> and it was such a big moment. The rest of the audience didn't know because the, you know, the water, the rain is coming down. And then, <laughs> and they jumped out of their seats and they, they were really laughing at the same time, kind of angry. And uh, the house manager came backstage and asked us what happened. And we all, you know, we protected each other. We, said, I, we didn't know who it was. And we told him the situation. He says, well, we'll pay for the dry cleaning and that will be it. And so <laughs> we, we got away with murder many nights, many nights, but we were always very professional for the most part. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing that you can be dancing and have a conversation when you're passing someone. Oh yeah. Absolutely. And like the audience just sees you smiling. Cause I feel like Ted's story is going, cause Ted fell in a top hat when it was dry. And then there was a horse that fell in and then Timothy. I feel yes. like everybody who did those shows, those three memories always come up because they were just, what kind of show do you have where people fall in a rain trap or a oh, horse oh, yeah. falls in a rain trap or the audience? Like that and kind of tells the magnitude of the show. Well, it tells you too. I mean, when there's no semblance of change, where you're doing the same thing, you get to be a little frisky at times and you play around because many times the audience doesn't know what's going on, you know, yeah. and still, well, Eric, bad boy, Eric, uh, I was one of the drag Louisas, you know, the, the gals with the big uh, volleyball boobs. Oh yeah. Yeah. Was that and, the finale? That was yes. the, yeah, In okay. the finale. Yeah. And I would take one of the balls out. They were just Velcroed so they could easily dry clean them. And I always was playing basketball backstage with it before it came on. <laughs> I forgot to secure it really well. So our first thing is banging those uh, boobs back and forth in front of the audience. Well, it dropped and bounced into the audience. <laughs> Knowing that Boop sometimes down. audiences uh, want souvenirs. Right. <laughs> <laughs> running, running into the audience. I get the ball, I step it back in, and I just make it with the line to exit. 
Les told me, he said he was laughing so hard he could hardly sing the rest of the, the number. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God Jillian and Adrian were not in the audience. You know, they critique us all the time. Yeah. I got away with that little incident. Well, an escaped bosom or breath. Yeah, escaped that's, that's, be, that's beyond your control. <laughs> that's not when you're playing around with your, you learn, don't play with your boobs. When you're <laughs> <laughs> they might get loose and <laughs> yeah, they might get loose. But, oh my gosh! Um, and we were, you know, we were very close to. The, I felt the company, despite you know, we had over what a hundred and fifty when it's biggest. Yeah, and you know, when something happened to a um, a company member, we all rose to the occasion. I remember uh, there was a fire at somebody's place, and people stepped up and got things and money for them and um, we celebrated birthdays and marriages and all that together. I thought that was was wonderful. Uh, and I guess that's what makes it so special too and why it sticks in my mind so often. Uh, you know, I've had some great international experiences as well as national experiences, but my focus always seems to go back to hello Hollywood, hello. and. Um, it's because it was a magical, uh, glamorous time, you know. And those yeah. costumes were not cheapy, you know. They mm -hmm. were feathers and you were wearing Swarovski crystals and it was amazing, amazing. Yeah. You know. Wow. Did you, um, when your contract was over, did you get offered another one or did you just kind of know oh, you were yeah, done? Yeah, they wanted, they wanted me to stay. <laughs> but I knew teaching was my thing in choreographing and I had to get back to it before I f would lose out. So um, I cherished those moments and a lot of that material I used in other shows. So uh, I had interviewed during the run for various universities and uh, I made the mistake of going to the University of Southern Miss, um, which is also where I got divorced, and continued on to the University of Florida and then Georgia. And, you know, and in between all of that, I did 40 consecutive summer stocks with various That's incredible. Yeah. And you, you just are, you feel you're very blessed when that happens because you never know what's going to happen. And networking, you got to network. I tell my students all the time, whether it's, uh, and you never screw around with your people in the back, uh, your stage, yeah. your costume people. Those people are the ones that are going to help you in the future. And usually the stage manager, is the first one to be hired to give a recommendation for a performer, you know? Um, and that's, it brings up another story. Uh, one of the showgirls was leaving the show and she was not a very liked person. And so <laughs> the costume people rigged her costume and it was red hot, the, the, you know, the jazz number with the big red head headdresses. Where the was it? The the big, oh, the, the, heat wave. The, no? Heat wave. Uh, sorry. Heat oh. wave. Yes. And Those are massive. She, oh, yeah. As she was dancing, pieces of her costume kept falling off. <gasps> oh. Yeah. <laughs> and, and her G fell off. At the, and they had it rigged so well. 
But of course, she has her other G underneath. But uh, oh yeah. my gosh! No, she she came <laughs> off stage laughing. But that is something I would never want to happen to me. I'm always and the dressers. I'm always kind to the dressers because they yeah <laughs> yeah. And I think there's that like that how um, it might help you in the future because I feel like I know. I have a dance studio in Seattle. They're, they a lot of them would move to LA, and before they got there, people already know their reputation. They yes. know if they show up on time. They know if they have attitude. They know their work ethic, and and people think, well, if you move out of your state, like it gets there before you, your reputation. So if you have oh, yeah. to treat mistreated people, but also I just think there's something within entertainment that there's like a hierarchy, like that the performers are more important. And I didn't in Hello Hollywood. I felt like. And people were friends with dressers and it wasn't like there was us and them. It just felt like if you, you need to respect everybody and everybody's job there was so important to make everything work. And they were and doing that's why the just show as hard. So fluid. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like that's also just a good thing for performers to know. It's not all about you. Oh yeah. <laughs> we, we used to say, um, there's only seven actors in the world and they just switch places. And I used to use that for dancers. There's only seven dancers in the world and they just switch places. But it is a yeah. very tight knit world as far as performers, and people do know you from various situations. You know, I was done dancing. I well, I worked with uh, did Hello Hollywood, and I worked in Puerto Rico, Montreal, all different producers. I was one of the few dancers that didn't stay. Like I worked for Greg Thompson. People worked with him for years. People were yes. I was like, I want to work with this one. Um, but when I um, came back, I did a show. <laughs> This is my, the worst title of any show I've ever heard. We were called, um, it wasn't Hello Hollywood. We were Follies Go Hollywood in Bermuda. Greg Thompson brought that show to the Nugget in Reno and changed the name to, Psst. it was P-S-S-S-T-T-T exclamation point. Psst. So we would go take class and people were like, oh, you're in that pissed cast. I'm like, it's not pissed. <laughs> it's like the worst name of a show. But I remember running into Billy and, and a bunch of people, I think probably Adrian at a party, because I think a lot of the, pe the sh people in the shows would hang out together or no, I think I just found out because it was an ex Hello Hollywood. But I remember Jillian asking me if I wanted to go to Paris. I'm so mad I didn't take it, but it just felt like if you've worked for them, if you want to work again, if you want recommendations, if you've worked and they've liked you, you, that networking thing, that sets you up. You don't have to go to a bazillion um, yes. auditions. If you've been a blue belt or a Kelly boy, it's kind of figured out, you know what you're doing. And so yes. that networking for that is to know, and also to find out what's not good. Like there's producers I'm like, eh, I wouldn't recommend that. So that's why I feel like backstage. I had, I didn't even know how to get a show the first time I got, I got that one, but then hearing people talking about this show and this show and yeah. there's just like yeah. you, you, you're not having to go out and do all the legwork and look everything. You find out this is a great producer. This is not a great producer. If you want to dance harder, if you want to not, you know, if you want to have a little bit of a kickback kind of show, you could know and, and narrow things down. So that's, that's yeah, one your, of those your beautiful. Your contacts are so important. So, but I have to laugh. <laughs> it's also the name of our summer stock company. Oh, here. Really? <laughs> it's, it's Peach State summer theater <laughs> okay that that um, that almost worked for that <laughs> when it's the name of the show there's a picture of a showgirl going Psst. yeah it was just so we no always, no yeah we always had to make it or like explain what it was and they just they just started calling us pissed like <laughs> the total pissed dancers so that but i did go see oh, yeah. hollywood and i think it was like six years after i left it so it's probably like 86 
And it was just fun to see, like, some of the people that I knew were still in it, and, you know, things don't change that much, but it's just so fun to have, because when you first see the show, when you're going into it, it's so overwhelming of how big. It is. It is. And then to come back and be able to take it in a little bit broader, because I felt like I just saw things I never saw in the show when I was in the audience. Absolutely. Absolutely. As a, Coming in as a single, uh, I would rehearse in the afternoons and for a week, I guess about a week of that. And then every night after that, I was pushed into a number. And I will never forget uh, the first number I was pushed in was the clown number, which they have eliminated. They eliminated that later on. And um, I was so prepared. I knew all the movements and everything. And I get out there and I am all over the place because of those friggin' shoes. Oh, so you never had a, a chance to. Yeah, never had a chance to rehearse in the costume. <laughs> and I am almost in tears. And it comes up to me and says, Eric, relax. There's another show. <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh my gosh. I that's said, such yes, wise. yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> but, um, even uh, my first uh, appearance in space um, was... That sounds so weird if you, just, if you just said that sentence anywhere else. You know, my first appearance in space, and that's yes. part of our yes. world, sorry. Yeah, it is. It very much is, whether you were flying or not flying. Um, so a lot of the show boys were going to San Francisco to see Bette Midler's show. And what happened is they didn't leave themselves enough time to get back. So all of a sudden, Adrian's running up to me and says, Eric, you're on tonight. Use uh, so-and-so's costume. And, I, you know, I was really shaken by that. But managed, again, people are so kind. People next to you say, uh, number six, go to number six. Uh. <laughs> and, you know, it was... Yeah, but uh, there were about 12 numbers that, you know, you had to learn and quickly. And quick studies are imperative. You have to be a quick study. Well, I think because I never swung, but it was interesting. I've talked to so many people, like the Lido de Paris and the current one right now in Paris, that they, they all, it's not like everybody swings. They're never doing the same show they, because it keeps you on your toes. And if someone's yes, out, I think that's and you don't very even have the same curtain. Yeah. Well, you brought up something that was really fun that I have a fond memory and it was just put to, the, to going to see um, all that jazz with our, we had the whole thing. Yes. Like uh, I've seen dance shows. And I'm usually the one squirming and people that don't know dance, like why are you, you know, why can't you hold still? But to have all of us there, because that movie was epic and it was just us. And didn't you say it was like after the second show that we went? It was some middle yeah, of the was, night Yeah, it thing. was after the show and uh, the theater manager opened it up just for us. I mean, that's again, how the community worked with us well. And in the casinos, when I grew up uh, in Reno, the casinos were always good to the community as well. Um, businesses like Junior Achievement were, uh, you know, were big and that all existed in Reno beyond the casino. So it was, it was a good place to raise a family. I thought it was an excellent place to raise a family. And many of the show people stayed there in Reno after the show closed and raised families. So, um, I, you know, I loved it. I really did. There's a group I want to interview. The, they're called themselves the Bunions. And they're a bunch of yes. Brits that married uh, guys. Absolutely. Reno, and uh -huh. like either 
you know, the uh, meter D's or the people in the casino, just like oh, there's so who? many romances and they're still yeah. there and they still get together. I'm trying to get them all to do a group zoom, which is really hard to organize with that many I people. Know. But I the, know. the fact that they you, still get together. Sherry, you need to do it. You need to do yeah, it. I will bug them. Okay. I hope they're you great. all ladies are listening. We need to, and I yes. and to see them at the reunion that, cause I, had a few friends like Marilyn Stedman, which I'm trying, she won't do the interview, but I've asked her. And then Carlin Vandegrift was a good friend of mine. She just passed right before the Hello yeah. Hollywood one. Yeah. But I, f I feel like there's, I moved and did other things. I just, I didn't have those friendships out of Reno. Like I had people I hung out with, but I'm like, I want, I wish I could go back and have invested more. I think I was just more shy and I didn't really drink. And so I'd go out. I remember them, it was my birthday. We went out to a strip joint. And try, they were trying to fix me up with one of the male strippers who, <laughs> ah. so I just like, even though I'm doing this show, I still kind of have this, like, I don't really, I wasn't a partier, but I felt like I loved all the dancers, but I, I wish I had, because when I see the friendships that a lot of them have still, and they go to each other's, you know, the babies are born, like they're all part of each other's lives. There's something so beautiful because that really was such a unique time in, in well, everybody's life. Like this reunion, it gave you time to, see people that hadn't been to the other reunions. I bumped into Michael Milton and he invited me up to New York City to show, show me around, which was great. Uh, Michael Duran is still so busy with, with his theater. It, you know, it, again, being able to reach out and people to respond, I think is still very easy and good. Uh, there are very few that don't want to do that. And I, I'm thankful that the people that surrounded me, they, they do enjoy that. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, so we're, we're getting ready to wrap up here. I was yes. going to say that so that I could make myself not keep going. Is there, <laughs> is there anything when you think, because that's, I was saying this to somebody else too, like you have your whole timeline. I'm 60 and Hello Holly was just one. Oh, year. you're a baby. You're a baby. I'm 70. Oh, you're looking great. <laughs> well, also that makes sense. If you already had like seven years, that makes sense that you didn't come into that 18 years old. Yeah. Yeah. When I was in the show, I was 29. Yeah. Wow. That's an interesting time in life to go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a professional dancer and then go back to that well, you know, academic what, world again. What's even more, I, again, I talked to you about the Lido because that influenced me a great deal because. I, when you say that, do you mean the Lido at the start? In Paris. In, in Paris. Paris. Okay. The Lido yeah. de Paris. Okay. Yeah, because that's where Rosita and Janos and uh, there was a guy that did a website called Men Who Danced, and it was by Simon Barat, and he was in the Lido. But, um, you know, that was such a big influence on me, and uh, hearing Steve talk about his experience with that, it's just it's, it's fascinating. And it's a shame, one of the, show, uh, the club shows that I went on, uh, club tours, that they don't have anymore, which was wonderful. Uh, in Paris, you got to see three shows. They took you first to a saloon down an alley to see an apache dance. You know what an apache dance is? is oh, yes, yes, yes. It's Where a, they it's slap a rough, and it's very Yeah, rough, a, a, Daj, a Dajia Ruffnik dance, which is <laughs> not looked upon as favorably <laughs> by a lot of women today. But you got that, you got a drink there, and then they took you to Pigalle. I think we went to... Uh, one of the strip places there, which was considered middle class. You had low class, middle class, and then you were taken to the Lido for the final show. And, uh, oh, it was such a great experience because you could really relate to all the different genres that were provided, you know. 
and uh, really the I brought <laughs> unfortunately some of those programs backstage and uh, not realizing, you know, I said, Rosita, like, this is you, Leslie, this is you. And, and they laughed and then they said, Eric, Eric, please, please don't pass it around. Because I had forgotten some of these showgirls have been in shows for some time and they didn't want to know their, other people to know their age. Oh, really? Oh, that's when, I, when I saw the first one, that was 1972, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Those women had those, amazing long careers and still looked like they were in their 20s. Looked wonderful. Looked yeah. wonderful. Yeah. So there you go. We just have to keep going. That's yeah. Moving. If you stop, you're in trouble. <laughs> well, there, there's people that are still out. Like the fact that you are still, you know, directing or teaching that that part of you doesn't stop just because you retire. Like it's wonderful yeah. to see people are still, there's parts of those of themselves from that era that are still yeah. I'm, I'm just teaching that I have that desire. I think the desire is still there and that's important. Despite this crazy chaotic <clears throat> time we're living in, and I know we'll get over it. I, I worry about the next generation that, you know, we're the youth and that youthful element is so important. And if they don't get back into those classes and perform, I, I worry about that, you know. Well, um, Steve, a different Steve, Steve Green, I, I just, his episode came out a couple weeks ago and he, I didn't know he was going to say it, but at the end he, he had this beautiful, compassionate word, some words for the younger dancers. Yes. And one of, somebody said, can I share that? Because they really need it right now. Because to think of myself being in my twenties and have what the coronavirus has done to take away theater. And you know, you don't have that long of a career anyway. Right. Like you might right. miss a, a year of your performing training you know people are training at home it's not the same as doing no it is not it is not yeah i i i do i worry about it a lot and um i just pray that it will end soon you know uh i have people from the royal ballet too that and they're, they're starting to do small performances but it's not the same you know and there's no yeah. way we can take theater seats out i mean it just doesn't, you can't make enough money to cover the royalties to pay yeah. for the show. You know? And then you've got to think about your cast on stage, you know. Yeah. You're going to protect them, you know. Because we have a sh our show in January and I'm just, I'm going to make the call like it's not going to happen. So let's do a virtual show. Because even if, if you, you can't afford the theater, but then the dancers are, to do a show where everybody's socially distanced, the whole thing, like a lot of, I have a piece, it's like, you know, we have the, tango and a wall it's like you can't touch and then you're backstage with no you can't spread out so just the fact to keep the performers safe and healthy yes. uh, until they can do it again it's got to be very hard for i just really feel for them of this yeah. having this I kind sh of and away. sherry i keep telling i mean there's a lot of creative people out there and i know there'll be some options until this ends so people need to get their heads together and figure it out there's some yeah. ways to the end there I believe. We've been doing virtual cabaret. It's called Isolation Cabaret. I love it. Fundraiser. I love it. Why People not? People go live from their house and they are getting so creative because I've never seen anyone use their kitchen for a piece before. And so one girl did that. <laughs> one girl Why put not? her headlight Why on the car and did like yeah. use it as a spotlight. And I'm like, I love is, it. I think it's making our brain think different. And if we have to do this for a while, instead of like, well, I'll just wait till it's over. Like, what if a different part of your creativity is forced to come out? and do things that no one's thought of yet. Well, you deal with a generation that has been growing up with technology now, high tech yeah. stuff, 
so they should be able to do all kinds of wonderful things. Yeah. So as we close here, uh-huh. I felt like I just did a sermon. As we close today. <laughs> yes, yes, have, and that's okay. Uh, do you have anything that when you think of that one year of your whole life, that just the, the overall of what Hello Hollywood brings, like, in this, like a feeling to your body and your spirit when you think of that, that year there? Uh, I mean, there's just so many elements. Uh, when I want to be, many times I, I have insomnia. And when I am unhappy, and Sherry, this may sound silly, but a lot of the dancers said, there's nothing wrong. I go through the show in my head to get me to sleep. Oh my gosh. And, and it's a joyful uh, yeah. time. I, I still can picture every, not every movement, but every sequence, every change, you know? And that just gives me goosebumps. I still get goosebumps mm. about it. And I have shared that video to all my classes over the years. So there is a generation that knows about it. And Laura Wright, who was one of my students, uh, was in Jubilee. And she said, oh, Eric, I'm in a new show called Jubilee. And um, it, it's so good. And I said, "Hun, that would have been the show I would have transferred to if I stayed. I said, that's not a new show. That's an old show. Oh, she said, yeah, I, it's no wonder that they announced that we're closing. You know? But Laura is uh, one of my few students. She is in the other big Vegas show, was... And she was also doing cruise ships back and forth. So she loved that element. So I'm glad there is a generation still that goes for it. Hmm. And I think after this, I think we're going to, we're going to be nostalgic, like for like how the golden era of movies comes back, but maybe it's not going to be Don Arden again, but I'm wondering if people are the kind of that romantic, elegant thing of getting dressed up to go out to show and, you know, making it a fancy night instead of like, well, just, because I love that I can go to places in my sweats, but I, I there's something of like yeah, I it bothers that elegance. Me. Yeah. yeah, it bothers me that that doesn't happen. I remember at the Lido, if you walked in without a coat, they would put a coat on you. The guys had a yeah. coat. Yeah. So um, I wish that would come back, but who knows? Who knows? You know, and I think things are being changed so much through all this too. Like what what's really important? What yes. are things we don't really need? And what are things like we miss that we can purposefully and like a lot of intention bring back maybe differently but oh and I really do feel as long as people want to be entertained our our performers will always be needed yeah, yeah. so it got us through wars and after <laughs> times. Yeah. yeah yeah and when I teach uh, dance history usually is during the worst of times these the jitterbug and and the uh, Charleston all was during bad times as well and so yeah. Yeah, let's hope we don't mm. experience all that, though. Yeah. Right. Well, this was, okay, that was, <laughs> that's our ending. We don't have that's to do our, that. But, okay, well, yeah, just keep creating. So, the you younger generation, we're rooting for you. Yes, we're rooting for absolutely. You to lead keep the moving way. on. Yeah. yeah. Eric, this was such a, a wonderful um, gift because I think we talked for, like, a couple minutes at the reunion, but then uh, I'm so glad you said yes to this because it's just really fun to see what people do after oh, I, but your story that you were doing them kind of simultaneous and back and forth is, is really a nice twist on that that lifestyle well i love to reminisce so uh, we will have to get together despite podcasts and absolutely yes. well in the next <laughs> Lindsay or whoever is working on the next reunion 
um, yeah, and then I'm going to see when I go to sleep if I can even think of eight counts of one of the numbers. So I'm really impressed that you can even remember. Or, or just think this. about the well, how many friggin' transitions you had to do on stage. Yeah, yeah. drop one costume, get another one put on, you run yeah. backstage. That alone oh, is a major feat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what kept us so thin. It wasn't the show. It's yes. like you can be sure of that. <laughs> Running yeah. the stairs. Well, take yes. care of yourself. I'm going to be yes, following you your, your journey, and we will be posting some photos uh, as this comes out so we can see our yes. Kelly Yes, thank you so much for thank inviting me. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. It was so much fun. I think we all need these reminiscent things. We do. Really kind of Especially now. Right now. Yeah. 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 Oh, you take care, my friend. Okay, you too.